0: this is the to the point podcast together with our erisa attorney we'll explore key affordable care act and trending compliance topics all in 15 minutes or less now here's our host sarah gillespie Welcome to our To The Point podcast. This is Sarah Gillespie. I'm the Compliance Director at Lipscomb Pitts Insurance in Memphis, Tennessee. And again, we've got another uh, COVID-19 pandemic topic we'd like to share with you. And again, we have Stacey Barrow with us to help us unpack it all. Hey, Stacy, How's it going? Hey,
1: Sarah. Good.
0: So... Okay. We know that a couple of weeks ago, the federal agencies issued some major relief for employee benefit plans. And we have certainly gotten several questions on how this works. And I thought this would be a good topic for us to run through in a podcast for that reason. Um, So, you know, as everyone knows, the national emergency has caused hardships for employers and employees. And in order to help ease the burden, the DOL, IRS, and HHS issued some major relief by extending the deadline that are associated with things like COBRA, special enrollment periods, claims and appeals, notices, disclosures, among other things. Uh, before we get into this and break it down, Stacey, can you talk to us about the timeline that we're looking at for this relief?
1: Sure. Um, so yeah, so like you said, there's there's a bunch of relief both for employers and plans and employees and Cobra participants, and the the time period that we're going to be talking about here um, for the relief, it's really. Kind of a suspension of the deadlines, and it's called the outbreak period. So during the outbreak period, all of our deadlines that we're going to talk about here are suspended. In that outbreak period, um, it begins March 1st, March 1st of 2020, and it goes until 60 days after the end of the COVID 19 national emergency. So Once the emergency ends, there's another 60 days in in this whole period from March one through 60 days after the end of the national emergency um, is the outbreak period and to Top it off with the outbreak period. Different regions of the country may have different end dates for their emergencies because you know obviously um, different regions of the country are affected differently. But let's just assume um, everyone's end date is going to be the same. Um, the The outbreak period again runs from March first through 60 days after the end of the national emergency, and then all of our regular deadlines start back up. Um, And so we can, you know, that's, I guess we're going to be talking about next.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's talk about relief for group health plans first. Can you outline what was included to help employers?
1: Sure. So there, there are some, um, some rules here for employers. I think it's frankly mostly focused on the employees and the participants, but this guidance, um, this disaster relief notice, um, it, it basically says that employers won't be considered to have violated ERISA or the internal revenue code because they have missed deadlines for, um, furnishing documents to employees, things like SPDs and summaries of benefits and coverages, um, and COBRA notices. Um, but of course, as employers, we're, I don't think, going to take um, the government up on this delay. Most employers and their COBRA administrators are, are definitely going to be getting COBRA notices out timely. Um, it's certainly. Um, in their best interest to do so, but you know, if you have an employer, say, who's self-administering, they're having trouble meeting deadlines for COBRA notices. They're not going to get dinged uh, because they're. You know, a few days late on the Cobra notices, uh, but that's the relief um, largely for employers. Um, there's some relief for 5500 filings, um, but they're only for those due within um, a certain time period. Um, basically, anyone that are due from April 1st through September 15th have a little bit of extension. So it's just plan years ending September, October, or November. The the calendar year 5500 um, deadline not been extended yet although of course you could still get um, an automatic extension uh, for the 5500 by filing form 5558 before the due date
0: okay so you mentioned that you think a lot of this relief was maybe geared more towards employees plan participants so tell us more about what relief applies to them
1: okay so during the outbreak period Certain participant deadlines are suspended or extended, Um, and so that's anything that is due from the participant from March first through 60 days after the end of the national emergency. Then their regular deadline starts back up again. So we'll cover some examples in a a bit. But um, so one of the deadlines that is suspended is the 30-day. Time frame for requesting a HIPAA special enrollment. Um, sometimes it's 60 days when the, the special enrollment is a Medicaid event, um, but let's just say it's a 30-day event, meaning it's either birth of a child, adoption of a child, marriage, or loss of other coverage. If you have employees who, you know, get married during this time, have a child during this time, their window, their 30 days starts 60 days after the end of the national emergency. So it starts 30 days after the end of the outbreak period. Um, And with respect to enrolling a newborn or adopting a child, um, that coverage is retroactive back to the date of the event, back to the date of birth or date of adoption. Um, I expect that in the vast majority of cases, employees are not going to wait months and months and months to enroll a newborn child. Um, But it is possible that there could be some significant delays in enrollment because of COVID-19 and the, the plan and the carrier um, they're, they're going to have to accommodate these situations um, now other special enrollment events though like getting married and wanting to add a spouse or losing other coverage they are not required to be effectuated retroactively so if you have an employee let's say got married April first and normally they have thirty days to enroll, but their um, outbreak period takes them through October and uh, they they want to enroll mid October um, they're still within their notice time frame because we have that that deadline suspended, but the plan can still enroll them effective prospectively, so you know if they're typical um, Way the plan is administered. Is that if the employee um, uh, seeks to enroll, then it, it provides the proof of enrollment um, or the enrollment form uh, mid month, it would be effective on the first of the month following. And so, in my example, the employee and spouse's coverage would be effective November 1st. Um, So it's only the birth of a child event that is retroactive back to the date of the event. So that's the first extension. That's the extension of um, notifying the plan of a HIPAA special enrollment. It's not any old event. It's not all events. Um, it's, it's specific to HIPAA special enrollment events, which again, are birth of a child, marriage, loss of other coverage, or the Medicaid event, which is premium assistance through Medicaid, um, or loss of Medicaid entitlement. Okay. So that's number one. The second one is the 60 day election window for electing Cobra coverage. So if we have an employee who's terminated during the outbreak period, they have starting from 60 days, you know, starting at the end of the outbreak period, they have 60 days to make their Cobra election. Um, So the, the, national emergency ends in June. We have 60 days after that, July and August, say, for the outbreak period to end, and then um, then the 60-day election period for COVID starts. Um, so employees will have significant Time potentially to elect Cobra and that's actually the the reason for the regulation um, the Department of Labor said you know we want employees to be able to make more informed decisions about their health care needs um, and so this will certainly um, allow them to do that um, Part and parcel with the extension of the deadline to elect Cobra We also have an extension of the deadline to pay for Cobra This does not mean that employers have to pay for Cobra. They don't have to pay for Cobra But employees will also have an extension of time to pay for Cobra Um, So generally what this will mean is that the coverage will be pended um, you know pending you know, reinstatement um, if the employee elects and pays for cobra or a terminated pending reinstatement however your particular system codes it, um, the employee doesn't, you know, again, the employer doesn't have to pay for COBRA for the employee. Um, they will need to accommodate late payments. So if somebody um, doesn't pay by the end of their grace period, uh, but pays a few months later, then the plan will have to accommodate that employee. Um, so again, the that 30-day window to pay COBRA um, or the 45-day initial payment period, depending on if you're initially electing COBRA, will start at the end of the outbreak period for uh, any qualifying events that began during the outbreak period. Um, there are some other ones too. Um, I'll go through those a little more quickly. Um, I, I think they're they're a little less relevant. so. The other deadlines that are extended are other COBRA deadlines, um, in the context where an employee or qualified beneficiary has to notify the plan, like of a disability determination, um, or child aging out, um, that also, um, is another deadline that's suspended, and then there are also deadlines with respect to filing benefit claims, appealing claims, um, requesting external reviews, and and some other claims-related provisions. I don't think those are going to be as relevant to to all employees, but certainly the HIPAA special enrollment events and the COBRA deadlines, I think, are... um, are very significant. One last thing before I go back to Sarah, um, because I people are, are rightfully employers are rightfully concerned about um, adverse selection and you know just the whole um, deal of extending the, the COVID deadlines. Um, there is a law or a bill that's been introduced, was actually passed by the House of Representatives um, last week. I think last Friday. If not over the weekend, um, and it's HR sixty eight hundred. It's the Heroes Act, and this is the latest coronavirus relief bill. It's uh, the the three trillion dollar bill that you've been hearing about, um, the one that Mitch McConnell said he wouldn't bring to a vote, uh, but it still looks like this this is in play. One of the health care provisions in the Heroes Act um, is a COBRA subsidy provision that would basically provide up to nine months of subsidized COBRA uh, for employees that have been unemployed um, or furloughed, um, and uh, it's a it's a nine month premium subsidy as drafted. It's at a hundred percent. It'll probably come down to seventy-five percent or something if it ever gets past the Senate. Um, but this would be a subsidy of Cobra premiums. Um, it would be effectuated through tax credits, like we see with the Families First Coronavirus Response Act and those paid leave programs. Employers would treat employees as having um, paid for Cobra premiums, and they would get the employers would get refunded through a tax credit. Um, the the most interesting or one of the most interesting things about the the bill is it also um, would include employers that laid employees off but continued to pay their premiums. So it's not just limited to employees who've literally gotten those COBRA notices. It would also give relief to the employers who have had to furlough employees, would have been able to maintain their coverage. And there are a lot of employers out there that have been doing that. They would be eligible for tax credits um, through this act if it gets passed. Um, we're, we're hopeful that it will. There's a lot of. of uh, Um, of good stuff in it uh, will give us a lot to talk about. Um, But I wanted to add that in um, as another consideration when we're thinking about these deadline extensions.
0: Yeah, thanks for adding that. I know that if it does pass, that we will definitely be recording another podcast on that topic, I'm sure. Um, Okay, well, let's let's stick with COBRA, because I know that that's one of the big topics that I have at least gotten questions on, probably Um, others as well, you as well. So I've got some concerned employers who are worried about having to front the premium for an employee who elects COBRA, because that person relies on the relief from having to pay the premium right away. So how exactly does that work? Is it, is the employer on the hook or how, how would that work out?
1: No, um, there, there's nothing in the rule um, to suggest that the employer um, has to pay for cobra the the standard provision would apply. Um, when an employee elects Cobra, um, he's only you know met part of the obligation. in order for the coverage to be effective again, you have to elect Cobra um, and you you have to pay the premiums. Um, and you know the plan will treat, the premium is timely paid as long as it's paid in due course after the end of the outbreak period. But the plan is not required to, um, you know, I guess assume the employee will actually pay that premium at the end of the outbreak period. Um, one of the examples I think is pretty clear that the the plan um, can uh, get, as long as they, they, they recognize um, that the premium is paid within the time frame, then they can they can provide the coverage retroactively.
0: Okay. So when you were talking about the deadline for making premium payments uh, earlier, I know, I guess in my mind, I was thinking about, and even that most recent question that I asked you, I was thinking about a new COBRA enrollee. How does it work with a current COBRA participant who wants to take advantage of you know, what they usually have is a 30-day window to pay their COBRA premium. Um, Would the same thing happen, like claims would be pended or something if they didn't pay their premium because they have this time period where the deadline for that is suspended?
1: That's right. That's right. So if you had an employee um, whose premium payment is due – during the outbreak period, so premiums due, you know, on or after March 1st, we have that 30-day grace period to the end of March. Right, but now that that date is um, unknown at the moment, it's still being extended. Um, and so, the way the plan will work is, if the if the plan the premium is not paid, then the plan treats the employee as terminated. The employee has thirty days to get that premium payment to the plan. Um, now, the employee has longer than thirty days, but they still have the obligation ultimately to get the premium to the plan before coverage is effective for that month.
0: And so also I guess a word of caution there would be that when that time frame ends that they're going to owe back all the the back premium for the time from which they stopped paying until the time when it's it's due, right? <laughs>
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. Um, the employees are, you know, they would be obligated to pay going back to the date of the qualifying event. Um, but, you, the employee could say, pay months one, two, and three, or months one and two, they wouldn't necessarily have to pay six, seven, eight months. Um, although if they wanted six, seven, eight months of coverage, they would have to pay um, for coverage that long. And of course the employer, if they wanted to, could offer, um, you know, a payment plan um, and you don't have to let employees pick months three, four, and five. Um, you know, you can require them to go back to month one. Um, but again, I, I think some of this makes a lot more sense um, if there's a premium subsidy element to it. Um, you know, a 75, 80% premium subsidy uh, from the government would, would make um, you know, it a lot more reasonable for an employee to pay six or seven months of COBRA premiums um, after the end of the, the outbreak period. Um even that might be a stretch. But um they and I think that's why the the uh, the House in their version of the bill, they have the subsidy at hundred percent. Um I, I do think it'll come down a bit, but uh you know maybe we're maybe we'll see hundred percent subsidy.
0: I do think a subsidy would be helpful because my concern is that okay, so employees or, or plan participants whoever enrolls in Cobra have the ability to back pay um, if they decide that they want to wait until, you know, the end of the outbreak period and all of that suspended deadline. But even if the employer makes an arrangement so that maybe they pay months one, two and three or whatever, the um, providers might not be as willing to wait. So, you know, if they incurred claims in, say, month four or five or something like that, and all the employee can pay is months one, two and three, does the provider then go after the employee for the full amount? That's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know. Am I, am I wrong to think that way or you think that could happen?
1: That if there's some services outside of the, the window that the, the employee pays for with mm-hmm. for Cobra,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that um, the, there could be a gap in coverage. The provider could, could bill the employee. Um, that, that definitely could happen.
0: Yeah, so maybe just a word of caution to employers that if you've got employees who are enrolled in COBRA or who are giving you their intent to enroll in COBRA without paying right away, that you may want to let them know that in order for all the claims that they have incurred during that period to be covered, premium has to be paid. So that they don't end up getting um, you know a, a nasty call from the provider. Hopefully nobody's nasty during this time. We all know that things are, are hard for everyone, but just you know something to think about. Well, Stacy, thanks so much for all of this. That was a lot of information, I know, but I appreciate your examples. I appreciate you walking us through all of this. Um, certainly, employers are going to have more questions. If you'd like to talk to Stacy, if you'd like to talk to me, either way, you can email me, and I'll get you in contact with him. Sarah G, S-A-R-A-H-G, at lpinsurance.com. Thanks so much for joining us today, and thanks, Stacy.
1: Thanks, Sarah.